a listener production. Hi, I'm Elle Ferguson and this is Sliding Doors, where I chat with inspirational people from the world of fashion and beauty about their sliding door moment. That is, the moment they took a chance or made a life change that led them to where they are now at the top of their game. Having founded my own fashion and beauty brand, The Elle Effect, I know that succeeding in these industries isn't easy. So I'm inviting the people I admire most on the podcast to share their stories, insights, and tips for turning your passion into a career. I'm really busy at the moment. Is it mental? It's just mental. Like, What's the number one item? What it's brand? always Chanel. Like, yeah, it's always it's Chanel. Chanel. Yeah. On this episode, I talked to the incredible Gab Waller, the Aussie entrepreneur behind GabWaller.com. Gab calls herself a luxury personal shopper, but you would know her as the go-to girl on Instagram that can find any must-have designer piece that's sold out worldwide. She counts celebrities such as Jen Atkin, Hailey Bieber, and Rosie Huntington-Whiteley as her clients, and it was one moment with that Celine jacket on Rosie that changed Gab's life. Sorry. <laughs> I'm like, in my head, your world is so wild right now. And oh it's so goodness. amazing. Yes. She now runs a global business in an industry that didn't even exist a couple of years ago. But she didn't always work in such a glamorous world. And today, I want to find out how Gab turned her passion into a career, what her sliding door moment was, and how she refused to take no for an answer to get to where she is today. What your job? <laughs> it's so true though. There's there's not many jobs that like oh make people God. genuinely happy. happy. Yeah. Gab, I am so excited to have you here today. I mean, you and I actually haven't had a full conversation other than me saying to you, "Hey, can you find me this Chanel handbag, Louis Vuitton, blah blah blah." <laughs> but. I just want to know all about you. I'm so happy to be here. And I feel as though because of our conversations through Instagram with just very briefly, I I feel like, you know, we've semi-connected, but to get deep and meaningful on my story, I'm really, really excited to get stuck into it. Okay. So this is super fun. It's a fast five to just kind of get to know you a little bit better without all the business and life questions. It's just funny. And I can never pick the answers. So it's really good. Okay. Okay. What's the last song you listened to? Oh, it was a song called Green Eyes. I love like dance kind of music. It's what I listen to in the shower while I'm getting ready, but it's called Green Eyes. I love it. It's like, it's a dance. dance Okay. Green Eyes. I'm Googling that. (laughs) Favorite dessert. Tiramisu. Yeah. First email address. Oh, it's like Gabby underscore Walla underscore 10. I I used to go by Gabby all the time, but I don't like it now. Who was the last person you sent a text to? Oh, it was my assistant just before I walked in. Give us so many famous. (laughs) Please, can you drop her name just for me so I can be like, yay. I'll message Rosie for you, Al. Yes. (laughs) That's what I wanted to hear. Okay, I'm going to give you one last one. Sweet or salty in snacks? Sweet. I've got a massive sweet tooth. What's your favourite sweet snack? Oh, like Tim Tams. That's very Australian, but I love Tim Tams. I know what I'll send you when I really need that sling coat now. Oh. Like a box of Tim Tams. <laughs> Just stock me up. So tell me a little bit about your background. What did you do before this? Yeah, so I'm originally from Rockhampton. It's a small little town and straight out of high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I loved fashion, but I never thought that I could 
make a career in fashion. Yeah. And growing up in a small town, we didn't have many fashion options, if at all. But it was always, I guess, that desire of wanting to be different. And so, you know, we had, you know, five shops, if that. And it was important for me to kind of get creative with my fashion. I love to be different. So I always wanted to be wearing something different. And I felt back then that my way of proving that I was unique was through my fashion. So I really enjoyed kind of going to, you know, op shops and things like that and finding really cute, unique pieces that I could wear that I know no one else would have. And that was really the the start of it. Yeah. But yeah, I feel that after doing like a couple of internships, styling is where I landed and I just had that desire to do something different. I love fashion and I really believe in how it can change someone's life just by the way you feel and dress and your confidence and everything like that. We love that. Yeah. So hold up. I'm trying to think, when did we first meet on Instagram? Oh, goodness. It would have at least been one to two years ago. Yeah. I feel. So you popped up to me mm-hmm. when Rosie Huntington-Whiteley was wearing the Celine coat that sold out, yes, right? And yes. I remember going, oh my gosh, where has Rosie found this jacket? Where has it come from? And then she wrote your name in the comments. Yes. And I mean, for an Aussie girl, that doesn't happen for like a Hollywood star to like write their name. Yes. How did it feel? I, how did it, wait, hold on. Oh how did it happen? How did it feel? I actually want the whole thing. The whole story. Yeah. Okay. So if we go back to, it was actually this time in 2018 when I launched the business. I had just been running the business for about six months, kind of finding my feet down here in Australia, trying to build my name with local clients. And a mutual friend of mine in the States, um, actually, if I even go back a little bit before that, Rosie posted on her story saying, desperate for this link, heart. can anyone find it? Can anyone find it? And I remember seeing that post and I had an inkling that I would be able to locate it based on a discussion that I was having with a boutique in Denmark like a week prior. And I'm like, my mind <laughs> is going so fast right now. Yeah. So how do you have a conversation with a boutique in Denmark? Yeah. You're in Australia at this point. Yeah? Yes, correct. So prior to launching the business, I did do a lot of solid research on what's out there, what multi-brands are out there and what designers are they stocking? And it was my job to essentially build or connect with them. And, you know, obviously that's quite hard being down here in Australia. Like, who is this random girl reaching out to me? But I was very fierce in establishing those relationships. So that's how I was connected with this boutique. In Denmark. In Denmark, (laughs) yes. And she showed me that it was available. And at the time I didn't have a client. So I just said, amazing. Um, So great that you've got the coat. I don't have anyone for it you know, I'll make a note. And then, you know, saw Rosie's post and, you know, Rosie at that point, 10 million followers. I I didn't even think that I would message her because I knew that she wouldn't see it. So I just left it. And then this mutual friend, she said, um, probably about a week to one to two weeks later, she reached out and she said, Rosie's looking for the coat. Do you think you can find it? And I said, yes, like, I think I can. And it happened so quickly. It was, um, it was on my birthday, funnily enough, oh that it happened. And she said, great, DM Rosie now. She's keeping an eye out for your message. So I DM'd her and that's how it all kind of happened. And then 
obviously there was I'm not. Yes. I'm literally covered in goosebumps. <laughs> like I'm covered oh, in goosebumps. I yeah, too. I, I get emotional when I talk of the story because just to think like something that something like that would happen to me, it's just. Yeah, but your business was born in yes, that moment. Absolutely. Like absolutely. that's what's incredible about that. Your yes. like who you are now was born in that moment with that Celine coat yes. with Rosie Huntington Wiley. Yes, absolutely. Like that is that story is like a signature to my name and my reputation now. And it's how it, it opened so many doors for me. How did you discover this unique talent? And I mean, yes. I say that and I'm smiling because it's like every man or woman's dream to be yes. a personal luxury shopper. Yeah. Did you start in retail? Like how I, I'm so curious to know how you navigated your way through to get here. Yeah. Sure. So my background was in fashion. I kind of dabbled in certain areas in the past and I kind of landed on styling. I said, okay, great. It's where I feel somewhat comfortable doing. And so I decided that I would go over to Los Angeles for a year back in 2016 and test the waters. And I went over there and I mean, it was definitely so different to what I expected. LA is a tough, tough world. But what I discovered more than anything, and I think it's always been a desire of mine to just be unique and be different, to step outside the box. And so whilst I was there, I was like, what is happening here that isn't happening in Australia? There's, you know, there's, it's LA and it's the US, like there's so much happening over there. So I discovered this world of personal shopping and it was through kind of going into the boutiques. I'm like, wow, there's so much stock that I know is not available in Australia. And what if I made it possible for future Australian clients that they could have access to all of this? I love this. I love that you had that light bulb moment standing there because I can also imagine you were on Rodeo Drive standing in Dior going this like 10,000 times more things (laughs) here than there are in Sydney. Yes, that's exactly it. And I knew that it had so much potential down here in Australia. And so pretty much after I did my year, I I did my whole 12-month visa, got back to Australia, and I did spend a lot of time on research because, again, nobody knew who Gab Waller was. And how do I say to someone one day, hey, I'm going to start shopping for you and I can source pieces all over the world. So I really wanted to have those relationships in place to feel really confident when I went to like my first client to say, hey, I can get this, I can prove myself and to be able to actually back up what I was saying. I mean, I have so many questions I want to ask you right now because <laughs> I think there's a trust thing as well, like mm. because essentially you're taking somebody else's money and buying yeah. something for them yes. and it's like you do have to prove yourself, yes. you know what I mean? So you were styling in LA yes. and then you came back to Australia mm-hmm. And was GabWaller.com the side hustle? Or like what? Like, because I feel like it's like, how does it happen? Yeah. So, funnily enough, and I don't even think I've really openly talked about this one before. So, I came back to Australia. I knew that I needed to work full time financially. I I knew that I needed to support myself. And my second biggest uh, passion, sorry, um, next to fashion is furniture. I've always been obsessed with product design. So, I got a full time job working with a a furniture um, boutique here in Sydney. And I knew that I didn't want to go full-time into fashion because I didn't want it to be a conflict of interest if I was doing this as like my side thing. Uh -uh. And so I did the furniture and I loved it. It was amazing, but it was probably about three months in that I just had to take that leap and say, you know, this can be my full-time thing and I want to make it my full-time thing. And it was so scary at first, but if I hadn't have taken that, 
I wouldn't be where I am today. I often say the leap of faith, but who was your cheerleader? Who was yes. standing there kind of going like, do it? Because I think, you know, even two years ago, thinking of somebody saying, I want to be a personal luxury shopper, yes. say if I say it right, <laughs> it doesn't sound like a real job. Do you know yes. what I mean? And, and I feel like a lot of the people that are in our industry, those jobs didn't exist two years ago. Yes. So like who was supporting you? Who was cheering you on? What did you do to kind yes. of make it happen? Yeah, two years ago, the role and the job that I do didn't really exist. It was a new field that I kind of tapped into. So yeah, yeah, basically, I started the business probably with about a handful of clients and they were clients that I kind of like messaged on Facebook and DM'd on Instagram. And then it has been built purely off word of mouth. But in those early stages, the quick momentum that it gathered, I knew that it had potential. So I think if I'm being honest, like myself, I was my biggest cheerleader because I could see that, hey, like if I can just put in a hundred percent into this, because at that stage, you know, working full time, I was doing maybe only like 50%. And so I said, you know, I'm very ambitious. I always have been. And so I think just to believe in myself and to say like, hey, this is going to be my full time gig and I'm going to do it and here we go. And did you need, this is like, I I so want to know this, did you get like financial backing or anything to start up? Because I know as a fellow female founder, I often get asked the question and I'm curious to know because you've got a bit of a team now, don't you? Yes, yes. So funnily enough, I got my tax return, which was $3,000 that year and that is what I put into the business and I was like, this is like my... My little, um, my like pillow. Yeah, my starter. And that is what started the business. I didn't have anything other than that. And because I knew that I needed something in the bank because if I was purchasing things for clients up front, then I needed to have that pillow. Um, and so that's all it was. And it kind of just grew from there. And yeah, now full-time that. team and everything like that. So, so how many people have you got working for you? So currently we have two full-timers. I have one here in Sydney with myself and then one in London. And then we have three part-timers based internationally. So wow. Yes, that's yes. The, like, I mean, that's incredible to think of something that just, it wasn't even there. Do you know what I mean? And now exactly. you've got like a team. Yeah. And then is it still Instagram your main point of contact? Is that how it happens? It is, yes. And I've always wanted to keep it that way as the business started to grow. And I, I will say like last year was a very tough year for me just with that expansion so quickly. And at that point of time, it was just myself and my assistant in Paris, Amory, who has always kind of been with me and just kind of wanting to keep up with it all. It was just so overwhelming. But even then I stayed strong on the fact that I want to keep it on Instagram because I find that it's the most personal. When someone emails me and I can't see them and I I don't know who it is, I just feel like that personal connection is a little bit disruptive. When Hayley Bieber messages you, <laughs> do you then go and look at her profile and you're like, it was Hayley Bieber. Like, who is this? Mrs. Bieber, yes, I will find those potato shoes for you. Yes. Like, how does that actually work? It's like a dream. You're literally <laughs> living my dream right now. How does it actually, yes. can you please just tell us Talk how it goes process. down? Yes. yes. Sure. So it's, again, it's all through Instagram DM. It's my biggest channel. And basically the, the request comes through. I have Grace, who's full-time, is working on managing all the requests. So we have a huge database. So Grace, does she kind of go in and answer questions? Or? So that, so um, I have Grace in Sydney. Yep. And she is more data and logistics. So she's data entry with all of the active requests. And then Aisha is communications assistant. So she's purely my second hand for 
Instagram. Yeah. So because I I am still very hands on with all of my clients, so yeah, it's more that. so that you know at the end of the day when I have my break, you know, she's coming online. She can do anything that's kind of outstanding from the day and she manages it whilst I'm sleeping. Which nice. Need. That's always, yeah. it's always good. Need I love that you've got somebody that's filing the requests. Yeah. So that's how it works. So yes, yeah, she's, it's basically logged into a database. And See, I just thought it was like some sort of fairy dust that oh. just like, <laughs> I asked you a question and then you came back to me and it was there. That's how it happened. Yes. But it was really great. Okay. So Hayley Bieber messages you. Can you sense an item before, like, do you get like an inkling that something's going to be like a hit and then you like put feelers out to all the boutiques? How does it work? Yeah. So I'm very constantly monitoring pieces that are about to explode or have just exploded. But I do like to be, you know, at least one to two weeks before that explosion. I've seen it just recently, like with these pair of Chanel loafers, we got on it early, we were able to secure a lot of pairs and sizes and now they're like wiped clean. So it's it's definitely important for my role to be one step ahead of at all times to monitor like what's about to be the next big thing or what's about to be the next sold out item and just be one step ahead. It's quite the talent you've got there, my friend. It's quite the talent you've got. I mean, it's been hard work to kind of like pick that up. And I I don't always get it right, but it's something that is just, yeah, I've got to be switched on about. What's the hardest piece you've ever had to find? Goodness, goodness, goodness. Um... I mean, following the Rosie post, I was definitely bombarded with requests for the know, We're like looking at each other and I'm like, I also asked for that jacket. I'm still on the search for that jacket. I, I should have bought that jacket. I York, right? I know, yes. it's so bad. But <laughs> yes, continue. So, yes, that one. I think it's, I mean, maybe it's a blessing and a curse for me, but I really struggle to say no. So everything that kind of comes through and I'm very active on saying like, yes, I will do my absolute best. But following that code, I did have to say, no, I'm so sorry. I'm not going to find another 50 of these codes, let alone, you know, one. So that was um, something that was very difficult. Last year was definitely all old Celine pieces. Um, the hardest and the longest. I want to know the hardest okay. and the longest. Just the so hardest. I can then ask you for Ooh, it. Okay. <laughs> Okay, the hardest item that I've ever had to source. I would say, I mean, the Chanel dad sandals jump to mind, but I wouldn't really say that's like a hard item because it's just, they're, they're sold out and, you know, they exist in some places, but I wouldn't really necessarily, that's the most hardest piece. Perhaps the Celine Edge sunglasses kind of jumped to mind. Last year, they were definitely having a moment and it was really tough. I find the hardest is always pieces that are previous season or vintage. I have a strong right. belief that if it's new season, it's out there somewhere. Like it has to be. You're like but, a treasure hunter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but the previous season pieces, and they actually sometimes get me the most excited because it's more fulfilling when I locate them. How are the brands with you? Because I feel like what's amazing about what you do is you're like the middleman kind of thing. So like, yes. are you? do you talk to the brands? Like, or are, are the brands supporters of what you do? I mean, how does that work? Sure. So I would say that in the earlier days, it was more um, of a struggle because again, who is this girl? Never heard of her name. And then I feel that you know, fast forward to now and, and, you know, with the press that I've received, again, thanks to Rosie, um, it's much more comfortable now. And yeah, definitely my relationships are everything. So I do have strong relationships with the brands. And if I didn't, then I wouldn't be able to do 
what I do because I guess they are the backbone of my business. And again, a few of them I had to really prove myself and prove that I had strong clients that are you know, I want to hear about that because I guess I think everybody's had that pretty woman moment mm. where they kind of like walk into the store and then they look at you. And I'm not oh, naming any brands, yes. but you know that moment, know the pretty the woman moment. For sure. Like, yes. was there a moment for you when you started Gabwalla.com yes. that it was that sliding doors moment for yes. you? What was that? Yes, I feel that just those first handful of clients that I had and really believing in me because that kind of gave me the confidence to say, okay, well, the the confidence and the um, determination to essentially fulfill what they had requested. So I think that when I think of people or someone that has had such a massive impact on my career, I think of those early like first five clients because they believed in me and still to this day, they're by my side and I have them to thank for so much. Which is so nice. Yeah. I want to know what those five clients (laughs) bought right back at the beginning. Is there like (laughs) some sort of list that you keep? Do you keep a list of what everybody's bought? Yes. I've got everything everyone's ever purchased. Stop. Yes. I'm so into this. It's not funny. (laughs) Was there a moment where you thought, I'm not doing this anymore? It's too hard. No, it's not working. Or has it just I mean, been Rosie wore the coat? Oh, <laughs> smooth sailing. I mean, whenever I think of my toughest moments, it was definitely 2019 just because I was just so overwhelmed. This was someone that my background is in business. So for one day to kind of wake up and everything had just exploded. And again, like I'm someone that just my whole purpose is just to make people happy. So to have that many people wanting something from you and just that overwhelming feeling of you not being able to keep up, it was really, really tough. And I, I definitely had, you know, my moments, my breakdown moments, just thinking like, I don't think I can do this. And it wasn't until yeah. I brought on Noor, who's based in London, and she has been like a game changer for my business because she helped me get a really strong structure in the business of like, let's get employees. Like, why do you not have an assistant? Like, what are you doing? So um, yeah, definitely last year, I kind of reflect back on that year as those breakdown moments. And I'm so, so grateful now to have a team that's so supportive and kind of holds my head above water. Okay. I feel like I always get hit up on Instagram about how to start something, how to turn a side hustle into a real hustle. Mm -hmm. You seem to be killing it. What is your tip to achieving success? So I feel that first of all, you need to find something that you are so passionate about because I feel that that is what will push you to keep going when, you know, times are tough because it's not all smooth sailing. But if you have passion for what you're doing and you truly believe in the vision, I really strongly believe that you are unstoppable because passion at the end of the day overrides everything. Um, And I do feel that, you know, surrounding yourself with positive, uplifting people is also very, very important. People that support you and support your vision is so important because that's the circle that you kind of want to have around you in the highs and the lows and everything in between. So yeah, I do feel that it kind of comes down to those two things. Yeah. So I'm really passionate about knowing like who's shopping from you right now. (laughs) Can you please just give me like a little taste of like somebody without like naming names, but just like tell me something fun because I feel like there's so many conversations that you must be having on that phone over there with people. (laughs) Like give me a good one. Um, Funnily enough, there's 
just one that we've I've saw something for, but I can't say Can who. Can you say what the item is? Yes. It's a Louis Vuitton vintage case, jewellery case, is what I can say. So okay. it's beautiful. It did take a little bit to hunt down. It put like I definitely put some work into this one, but yes, it's basically a gift for someone. Oh, again, I'm covered in goosebumps. You know, oh. the way to my heart is like luxury goods <laughs> yeah. and a woman that's making it and killing it. Can you tell me how do you find items like how do you find a vintage Louis Vuitton jewelry box? How do you do that? Where do you start? Sure. So I feel that number one, it comes down to relationships relationships need to be strong globally because, you know, there will be pieces that will be offered to myself before it kind of hits the boutique floor and they're like the golden pieces. But in terms of other bits and pieces, I feel it is just a matter of like always having my finger on the pulse, kind of always staying up to date with globally what boutiques are receiving, who has what, did this just launch in that boutique? I know it seems like my mind must be just going a million miles an hour because of all this information. But I do log it very carefully. And I just, just a matter of just staying one step ahead and always knowing what's out there. I find it funny because I'm thinking of you in like Rockhampton. And then I'm thinking of you like searching for the vintage over time. Like it's relationships you've built. And did you just, when you were in LA, did you just start one? And then it's like been a chain effect? Is that like how it's been for you? Yeah, but I feel also... I think it's a reflection of just, I mean, I don't know if this sounds like it's the word corny, but it's a reflection of just being a good person. I think that, you know, I've always just been so open and and kind to everyone. I know that sounds a bit, you know, but at the end of the day, like that's, and it's me as a person. So I feel that that comes off so organically and naturally in my business. And that has how I've been able to develop some of these relationships because, I mean, well, I'm a, I'm a good person. I have good intentions. Yeah, and I mean, everybody yes. I know that has used you, which I find amazing, is that there are people that I know that are amazing A-list celebrities. And yes. then there are people that I know that live down the coast, but yes. both of them wanted the handbag and you treat them exactly the same, yes. which I think is so amazing. And it's, it's the way it should be, but it's just really nice. Yes. You know what I mean? That it's a reflection of your work. Absolutely. That's always been so important to me to treat everyone equally. And that's, again, it's something that I believe in personally. And that has just come off naturally in my my business and how I run it. Yeah. The reason why I love doing this so much is at the end of the day, I just genuinely love making people happy. And I feel that that's what motivates me every day because I know that in my job and what I have created, I get to do that. I know what I'm doing serves a purpose because I do make others happy with what I do. Okay, Gab, this literally sounds like a dream job. It sounds so amazing, but there must have been a point where you kind of hit rejection or heard the word no. Yeah. What was that like? Sure. So if I'm told no, it kind of drives me even more. I want to prove myself. I want to, like it motivates me for more. It doesn't kind of shut me down. So in those earlier days, it it definitely was hard because again, we go back to like, who is this girl? I've never heard of you. You don't even have a purchase history because I'm I'm not like, I'm not out there buying Chanel items at that time in my life. I, I just wasn't doing it. So yeah, there was absolutely that rejection. And I think 
the biggest thing for me was just having that, you know, that inner motivation that even though you hear it, I just need to push through it because if I don't, I will not get to where I am because I think goals are important and I set those goals. And if I fall back now and if I take one no as like that, okay, I'm not going beyond that. I'm, I'm just going to get crazy here. Then I wouldn't hit those goals and I definitely wouldn't be where I am today. So yeah, I think whenever we hit rejection, we really should fight back with like, this is going to motivate me more and it's going to push me more to make this happen. I would have loved to have seen you back at the beginning <laughs> when somebody said like, no, you can't have that Chanel handbag. And you were like, well, I'm going to go to Denmark and yeah, exactly. find somebody there. Yes. I'm like, there has to be someone that will but say. But is that yeah. how you did it? If somebody said no, would you go to another boutique or would you ask back another question? Like, yeah. did you just keep knocking on the door? Like, yes. how did it- just kept pushing. Just kept saying that, you know, I can prove myself. I've got, and again, my my five clients that I had were strong. They were really great clients from day one. So I knew that I had that buying potential to be able to really establish myself quite quickly. Those yes. five, thank you to those Lucky five, five. Yes, and yes. Their shopping sprees that they had through <laughs> Gabwala in the early yes, days. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we all get them. I mean, I get them. When you're in a moment of doubt, mm-hmm. what do you do? I more than anything, go back to why I started. My why is so important. Why did? Why do I do this? Because I think there's definitely going to be days when you're feeling unmotivated and it's absolutely not all glitz and glamour. I work very long hours on all multiple time zones and it's it's challenging and it's demanding. So whenever I'm in doubt, whenever, you know, I think thoughts that I, I shouldn't be thinking, I go back to my why. And I think, why did I start this? And and that pushes me, pushes me and reminds me why I'm doing this and how lucky I am to do what I do every day. So. And you're full-time. This is it. This you're is in, it. You've got I'm the team. all in. Yes. Scabwalla.com. Yeah. So it's been full-time since um, roughly October 2018. So it was two months later, the Rosie thing happened and then boom. If you yes. saw yourself back mm. at like 18, 20, I yeah. guess. Yeah. And like the Gabwala now said to that Gabwala, like, hey, you're going to be like a personal luxury shopper. Oh what do you God. think that Gabwala would have said? Oh, like, oh, no chance. Like, I just would not have thought that for a second. Don't you think that's Never. amazing? It's amazing. Yeah. When you think of it. Yeah, absolutely. Because I just, yeah, that blows my mind. So what's the most challenging thing about your career right now? It definitely goes back to last year. I feel that a lot of people in business have difficulties growing businesses and how do you how do you start and how do you get your name out there? But I feel like I almost had the opposite effect where it blew up so quickly that I had to get it under control. And that was a huge challenge for me not having a business background. Like how can I get, I, I used to call it like a monster. Like, how do I get this business under control? Because like the DMs are going wild, like texting and WhatsApping and everything. And so it was a huge challenge for me to really get those procedures and that structure in place, which I now do. And I'm so confident and and so, you know, solid on what I have now developed. But back then it was a huge kind of difficult season for me to kind of just like, how do I get this under control? And how did you do it? Yes. How did you, yes. How, how did you get the monster yes. under control? So it was definitely, so I, I brought in Noor from um, London and yeah. we kind of worked really closely together to say, to put in policies and structures in place of, 
you know, how do I manage my DMs, for example? So now we have a really clean structure that the team follows that not a single DM is missed. I'm like next level OCG about it. Loves it. But it's 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 clean, it's sharp, and nothing's going wrong there. So yeah, it was pretty much just really sitting down and focusing on like, let's get some structure in this business. Let's get some really clean um, systems in place. I actually went over to London pre-COVID in February, just before everything went crazy. And we had a strategy yeah. day with um, our team over there. And we kind of knuckled down like, you know, what's what current issues are we facing? And that following that meeting, we really got different things in place that have just allowed the business to grow so quickly again this year. It's just, I just love that it yeah. is actually, it's a real business. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's really interesting because it looks so shiny and new when you look yes. at it on Instagram, but when you take all of that away, it's actually, it's a real functioning business. Absolutely. That's what it is. Absolutely. It's, it's a new way of doing retail. Mm-hmm. It's a new way of the future of how to shop. Like yeah. it's a, you've actually made a legit business. Yeah, absolutely. Hats off to I you. Thank you. What's next for you? Sure. So it's definitely expanding the team even more. Um, I feel that pre-COVID, a massive plan for this year was the US. The US is my fastest growing client market to this day. And so to get myself established a little bit more over there is a huge plan for 2021. But yes, definitely expanding the team. And because once I can, you know, we get to that stage and that's kind of where, because um, I'm still, like I said earlier, I'm still so hands-on with everything. And, you know, when we're able to travel again, then that will be so good for us to kind of grow into other regions. I find it really amazing that your growth is in the US where you went to the US and saw a gap for Australia, Australia but they yes. had that service there. But now you're almost dominating that. Yes. So like I I often find it funny, like Jen Atkin was somebody that asked me if I knew somebody that could get a pair of shoes and I yes. sent her your details because mm. I was like, Gab will find it. And then I thought it's so funny that this little blonde Aussie Aww. is finding Americans this yes. stuff. Like it's actually amazing how your audience is there. Yes. So big. It's so true. And I mean, again, it like like I said earlier, it's those word of mouth moments because I remember thinking, I think we, I was having either this discussion with yourself or Jenna because I was like, how did you find me? And we discovered it was through you. And so it's just been those moments of someone recommending me and the fact that, yeah, my name has traveled all over the States. That's crazy because, you know, I think the perception sometimes is Australia is quite far away, um, but it's amazing to see that, you know, even though we're far in distance, it's things can still be happening. This was amazing. Aww. I feel like we've really bonded over yes. numerous things, but I'm just so proud of you. I'm honestly you. really, really proud of kind of knowing who you were back at the beginning, but like the business that you've created now is incredible. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for having me. I'm really, really so happy to be here. So thank you. Sliding Doors is hosted by me, Elle Ferguson, producer Tina Matalov, audio production by Darcy Thompson, executive producer Jennifer Goggin, and a special thanks to my manager, Camille Toulouse, for always being a fresh pair of ears on each episode. Listener.